Why give up before we try? Fly away. <laughs> Fly away. In the air. Everywhere. In the sky with me. I was wondering lately, could I smoke a blunt with your baby? We could do the fake ball. Oh, I still got hiccups. Damn it. Uh. If you ask me, I'm ready. Uh. Hey, ask me, I'm ready. Oh. Sweetheart, go ahead and start the show. Uh. You're so immature with these hiccups. Let's get it popping. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be one of the morning, sweetheart. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Wake It Bake We It Be. Oh, yeah. Right. Please excuse my uh, hiccups this morning. I am a full blown child. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, welcome back to another episode of Wake Up with BMO. This is your chance to invest in some of the new blueprints of what's going on with black culture so you can stay up to date. As always, we want to thank the good folks over at the Washington Former Bridge at WIBridgeDC.com or WIBridgeDC on all social media platforms. That is the written form of what you can read here today. But before we even get started with today's show and the continuation of these silly ass hiccups that I got this morning, I want to say good morning to the diaphragm of my life. Okay, <laughs> to the steady breath stream in my world. Make sure we're saying good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, who that? How hey. you feeling this morning? Okay, how you feeling? I feel immature. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here hiccuping like I don't know how to control my own breaths and my own bodies, okay? <laughs> uh, I want to say good morning to the people. We already got some folks over on, over on Instagram. Good morning, people. America. Erica, new Miles Professor America. Good morning to you. Really, be the first. Hey, good morning to you, brother. How you doing, Chris Allen? How you doing, brother? Everything all right? I'm talking, getting out. I wonder if I will. That nigga gonna get sick of me. Nicholas London. Good morning to you, Nick. What's going on, man? How's school? When does school start? Tell the people. Every, uh, good morning, Nice. Good morning, brother. How you feeling, man? Yeah, I got a hiccup, baby, because I'm immature. That's all That's all that is. The immaturity is leaving my body, if you will. We have a very interesting show for you this morning. It's Thursday, so you know what that means, sweetheart. Yes, sir. It's time for the new segment, Sweetheart's Random Fact. Oh, they weren't ready for that one. And also, the Paul Robeson Negro 
or movement of the week award. It's going to be a great show this morning. I'm very excited about it. We got a couple of topics this morning. We're going to talk about our Paul Ropes and Negro of the Week Award. We have a couple of nominees that we want to consider, but we also, um, uh, Paul Ropes and Negro of the Week, but we also want to ask some challenging questions. And then we also have a new segment that we're calling the Sweet Hot uh, uh, Black Fact. So excited for that. So for, for that, Sweet Hot. Oh, before we get there, though, I want to remind the people to go over to the new Blueprint newsletter, bmobrown.substack.com. Um, a couple of days ago, we put up the recap to the first parlor series, to the first parlor, which is establishing a tradition. I want y'all to go check that out. Uh, I also want you to look at my beautiful artwork that I have made. I don't know if the lady house is going to put it up, but this is something that we are outputting from the situation. And I'll be honest, which is the 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 hardest thing I've ever done other than live streaming and being a black man in America and trigonometry and French and, uh, yeah, yeah. that was my favorite math. What? Trig. Trig was your favorite? Yeah. I mean, shit. but you know, that was trigonometry is easier than this new blueprint. Uh, thing. <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. My God. Uh, so yeah, make sure I go to, uh, the new blueprint newsletter. It, be a part of the movement so you can be a part of these parlor programs. I got to do something about these hiccups. This is not going to be, I'm supposed to be doing a radio style podcast and I'm over here with the hiccups. Like it's just not going to be, it's going to bother me. It's going to bother me, sweetheart, but that's okay. Make sure I go, make sure y'all go over to the new blueprint newsletter, bmobrown.substack.com. If you got five, put the five on it. If you don't got five, it's okay. Just sign up for the newsletter. We got free iterations. In either case, the main part of the situation is that I want you to be in these rooms, in these rooms where we are deciding these new blueprints because it is one thing for you and I to get on here and yell and scream and smoke uh, in order to discover new blueprints. It's another thing when we start to implement those new blueprints into uh, the world. Yeah. Sweetheart, do me a favor. We're going we gonna to do something unprecedented. Man, pass my, my water bottle. I'm going to get some water real fast. This is ridiculous. Uh, okay, I got you. Okay. Um, this is unprecedented. This is like, have I had hiccups on the show before? Goodness gracious. My God. Um, yeah, so definitely go check that out. This is existing on Instagram as the lady house is getting me some water. I'll just rant a little bit this is existing on instagram so go show it some love give it some double taps throw some comments under there we put the the recap video on, under there i want to give a special shout out to ken my main man's ken and raven who came through with the support on the visuals and of course you see all the new blueprint new blueprint folks uh we got my man the plug we got me we got a lady at the house we got chris Cardi. of course we got kayla we have beck what do we say batia so yeah, Batia from X XI Magazine, of course, Maurice James Jr. and the DC Mama Sita herself, Lisa Brown. This is just the first iteration, and I'll tell y'all something because this is the show. I'll tell y'all something. Uh, my goal, oh yeah, my goal, part of the new blueprint parlor goal is my goal is to eventually get you to a place where you can be monetized for coming. Not that you're giving me money for coming, but I'm giving you money for sharing the ideas that are coming up. And I'm telling you that is going to be really plausible really soon. So 
struggling this morning with my own bro- Why your breath don't want you to be great? Huh? Why your breath don't want you to be great? <laughs> your diaphragm. Okay, sweetheart. So we have some. Uh, <laughs> oh, Excuse me. We have some topics that we want to talk about this morning. You know what we should start first with, though? What? I think we should start. In order to give me a little time to get these hiccups out the way, I think we should start with the sweetheart's black fact. What you think? All right. <laughs> let's get the, let's get this black fact in the way. Okay. So let's see. This one's a little a little spicy for you. Start it off. Let's see. Let me find it. Uh, okay. It's not prepared. This is a miscellaneous fact. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to stall so I can pull it up. Okay. Since 1460 AD or earlier, the Negroes of Seville, Spain, had been wearing in the religious procession on the Feast of Corpus Christi a white robe and hood, strikingly like that used by the Ku Klux Klan, which originated 428 years later. And then there's proof to back this up. I could, you know, keep going. Speaking of the parade of the Negro Brotherhood in Seville, Spain, in 1926, Arthur Schoenberg, curator of the Carnegie Library, West 135th Street, New York City, says... It was only human to wish to examine the garments of the Brotherhood of the Negroes after observing the similarity to the white robes and cowls used by the Ku Klux Klan of our country. To all appearances, the American organization copied the dress of those believers in Christ. Not even in garments, it seems, is the American order original. They are evidently copied faithfully from a very sacred brotherhood whose devotion won them the love and gratitude of the Spanish people from king to peasant, pontiff to believer. Today, the descendants of these Spanish Negroes are quite bleached from mixing with their white neighbors. But the old Negro traditions remain. The Negro church of Nuestra Señora de los Ángeles in the Barrio Carmona is still still maintained by them. Priests, guides, and others in Seville informed me that the garb is exactly like that of centuries ago. For earlier information on these Negritos, as they are called in Seville, see Zuniga's Anales del Sevilla published in Madrid in 1677. Later, the Negroes rose to a position of prominence and had a count, after whom one of the streets is still named. If the originators of the Ku Klux Klan did not copy the garb of these Negroes, then the coincidence is really amazing. And there's also a picture. This is this is not the Ku Klux Klan. That's amazing. Right. Okay. Take the take the new blueprint right now. Okay. And let me see that, um, that, that book. You want that page that it was on? Yeah. That's the... There you go. So the lady of the house has this book that she just, I think, I don't know where you got it from, but it's a hundred and hundred amazing facts about the Negro with complete proof. And if I'm not mistaken, what you just told me is that the Ku Klux Klan outfit mm-hmm. was, is a cultural appropriation <laughs> from some black men in, in Spain. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So the lady of the house is showing me this picture. I can't see the people see the picture. Yeah, it's moving it closer a little bit. There you go. I'm seeing it not in real time. Okay. Um, yeah. The lady house just showed me this picture. It looks like it's a whole bunch of Klansmen right here. Mm-hmm. These are not the Klansmen. <laughs> <laughs> this is the group of where are they from? Black um, folks from Spain. Yep, Spain. So, 
And and what's funny about this is that even in the bigotry and hatred, whiteness, this is what I'm saying. Whiteness can't help but take from mm-hmm. what they consider to be the the lower subjected class. Exactly. And so uh, 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 even in their moments of trying to scare us away from ourselves, mm-hmm. they still had to steal symbology and imagery from us mm-hmm. to make that possible. So in like <laughs> in a radical, surreal, Afrofuturistic thing, you telling me a brother <laughs> from 490 AD, 14, 1490 yeah. AD mm-hmm. could show up in modern time, see a man in the Klansman and be like, hey, what's up, bro? Right. <laughs> what's up, man? Where we going? Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, the king speaking today? Where we going? <laughs> right. That's actually amazing. Yeah. That's actually amazing. Wow. Sweetheart, I appreciate you for that random black fact. No problem. Wow. Nothing huh. about them is original. Nothing about <laughs> them is original. Not even. <laughs> Not even the garb that they wear. I am struggling this morning. <laughs> it is a struggle this morning. And the crazy thing is, I have a bunch of reading to do. No, oh, no. <laughs> I uh, have some reading to do. Okay, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the black fact. Um, I think it's time. Now, we have a couple of nominees for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. And you know what your job is on Thursday. Okay. You have to vote for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. Now, just as a recap, let's go ahead and recall that on Tuesday, we officially nominated everyone in Montgomery. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the city. Not even just the video. Everybody in Montgomery uh, is being nominated for the Paul Robeson Movement of the Week. Mm -hmm. Not, again, not for the violence or for the fighting, but for demonstrating a break in the assumed socialization of a lower social caste people, okay? As the as the as the white man uh, uh, showed us throughout uh, a social media meme, you can fuck around and find out there is a mm-hmm. correlated <laughs> graph that goes in that way. So we appreciate them. So we have uh, officially nominated the folks of Montgomery for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. They will be in contention. If you want to hear the full explanation with vim and, and vim and vigor and and passion, make sure you go listen to Tuesday's episode. It was a good one. It was. Uh, I don't know about today with these hiccups, though. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think they might kick me off the podcast streams today. Oh, wow. Because uh, I got the hiccups. And I just say some some dangerous things. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, the, the Paul Robeson, excuse me, I, I'm afraid to sing. <laughs> <laughs> the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Uh, it is named after Paul Robeson, who was at one time the most popular and the most dangerous man on the planet by playing Othello, but also for uh, creating the stems of what we would now call Antifa, anti-fascism. So mm-hmm. that's why we call it the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. We have two more nominees. We're going to do one now. We're going to do one after the break. Let's see here. What nominee do, do I want to talk about? Let's do... Let's start with Henrietta Lacks. Okay. So, actually, I, yeah, we're going to start with Henrietta Lacks, but it's going to end with the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, who is not Henrietta Lacks in this situation. Well, maybe we can consider her the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, but that depends. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but about 10 days ago, 
the family, the Henrietta Lacks family, settled with with the Thermos medical research people, uh, the people who have been using the cells of Henrietta Lacks to make vaccines and different types of medicine and have groundbreaking medical research and medical technology come from the cells stolen from Henrietta Lacks in the 1950s. There was a settlement 10 days ago, they haven't released the number of that settlement, in which uh, there is a payout to the family on behalf of Henrietta Lacks for the stealing of her cells, almost as a reparations per se, right? Yeah. And so I have a I have a question about that, and I wonder if I should do that after the Paul Rose <laughs> Negro of the Week. I will. Groundbreaking money. So then I look to see who was representing the Lax family, and I see a familiar name. These hiccups are killing me, but maybe if I don't reference them, people won't notice. You know what I thought about? What's that? Um, I wonder if smoking will help. We're about to find out. Okay. We're going to find out. We're going to do that. We're going to put that to the test. But you said you saw a familiar name. I saw a familiar name in the settlement of the Lax case. Mm-hmm. And they are calling him the Black Attorney General. His name... Bro, I can't hold my breath. I'm doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too. His name is Ben Crump, the Black Attorney General. Struggling out here. <laughs> um, and so I was a little hesitant to put an attorney as the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week because I know <laughs> um, I know that uh, like honoring attorneys can be a little tricky. And then also, in recent times, honoring black men has been even more tricky. Sweetheart, uh, you, never mind. You can put up the Ben Crump right now. Okay. Um, oh, damn. I didn't put the healer. That's okay. Okay. Um, so I look to see who is Representing this family, it is Ben Crump. And if the name sounds familiar, that's because Ben Crump, since his name, since at least since uh, uh, 2016, Ben Crump has represented the Trayvon Martin family, Breonna Taylor's family, the Michael Brown family, the George Floyd family, the Kenan Anderson family, the Randy Cox family, the Tyree Nichols family. He is also suing the city of Flint for the Flint water crisis. He is also responsible for the estate of Henrietta Lacks. He is also responsible in 2023 for the case of Earl Moore Jr., Jr., who was a young man who was killed in paramedic uh, custody after they strapped him down too long for having a medical emergency. I already mentioned Tyree Nichols. Right now, Ben Crump is also suing the FBI and the CIA and the NYPD, three institutions notorious for destroying black bodies. Mm -hmm. He is suing all three of them for the murder of Malcolm X. Ben Crump was also in charge of suing Ed Sharan Sharan (laughs) for possibly biting Let's Get It On for Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, that I'm going to mention today, Ben Crump is the lawyer who is representing the students at Northwestern who are suing their coach for hazing. And which I will say right here, I've done some hazing in my lifetime. And that, if I'm being honest with you, one of the biggest regrets of my life. One of the biggest regrets of my life. I shouldn't have really? touched some folks. I hated that, man. When I look back on it, God, Mm-mm. what a mistake. Ugh. 
And I know some people within the legacy of my organizations look at me as like, oh, man, he was the king of Hazen back in the day. It's like, oh, jeez. That is your legacy, Loki. Oh, jeez. And it's like, oh, my God. They still scared of you. (laughs) They still scared of me for something I did to other 19-year-olds. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Biggest mistake of my life. But, um, uh, oh, yeah. And it's Chris Allen. I think he just said he also trying to find (gasps) Tupac's killer right now. Right. Who is this man? If you were OG to the show, you'll recall that in the f- first season of the show, one of the first new blueprints that I that I created was that we needed Johnny Cochran's Powerpuff Girls, which is we needed black prosecutors to be basically ambulance chasers for these cases. And the reality of the situation has come glaring into our face. On Tuesday, we talked about the possibility of microsites, right? And how if we developed a, a generation of students through these micro schools, we would be able to yield a mindset that we're not even ready for. And they would ask us questions that Ben Crump is already asking. How come we haven't sued the CIA and the NYPD and the FBI for the murder of, of, of Malcolm X? I mean, we all know that it's dangerous yeah. and I am scared. I hope somebody's sitting outside of Ben Crump's house right now. But like, other than that presumed fear, why hadn't we done it? Was it only the fear? That's what I want to think. But I'm also, I also feel like Ben Crump's visibility is kind of his protection. So you're saying he couldn't have done this in private? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> if he was a yeah, he couldn't have done this in private. He couldn't have done this in private mm-hmm. because pri- privately would have got him out the way if he was just right. some. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was just some random dude with without any pre- presence that he could go missing. Right. But like at the same time, they killed Malcolm X too. Right, though, right. Um but I wanted to distinguish him with a Paul Ropes and Negro of the Week because all of these actions, litigation, litigation, which is the language of the American uh American justice system per se. Yeah. Litigation is how you get to the core of certain issues. And I want to say that every one of these lawsuits is not necessarily about the financial outcome that will that will be yielded from it, although we're going to talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But the audacity right. to bring litigation. I'm thinking, who sues the CIA? <laughs> Shouldn't the Saint family from Snowfall be suing the CIA? <laughs> am I saying CIAA? Am I saying CIA? CIA. Okay, for I'm black as hell. I get the CIAA conference in there real quick. But who sues the CIA? Who sues the FBI for something that we all know happened? Something that they admitted happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why he's the Paul Rosen Negro of the Week nominee. That is audacious. Mm -hmm. That is brave. And it's the biggest thing. uh, And I'm sorry. It's a very targeted strategy towards this white system. Mm-hmm. Like if every if everybody else can sue, then so can we. Right. And so for that, Ben Crump, you are the nominee for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. Now I do have a follow-up question to God. Okay. And you let me know if I'm being inappropriate. The folks on the chat, let me know if I'm being inappropriate. People on Instagram, let me know if I'm being inappropriate. What's Ben Crump doing with this money? <laughs> Are you referring to the money that 
he would make in winning cases or the money he makes for the families? Like both. So there are two sides of this. So there is the there is the I am suing for information. I'm suing because I'm being audacious or I'm representing a family because something terrible has happened. Right? There's that. But then there's also the Henrietta Lacks settlement. Yeah. There's also the Northwestern settlement. Mm -hmm. There'll also be a settlement with the FBI and the CIA. There'll be a settlement with the Flint water crisis. So, what is Ben Crump doing with that money? And and to divorce him from it, you can take him down now, sweetheart. Okay. You take him down now. And you can put up Henrietta now. Uh, to divorce him from it, Henrietta Lacks died in 1951. Mm-hmm. The family was given a settlement for, as a form of reparations for stealing her sales and then making a profit off of them. I read this morning that this quarter, the mm-hmm. um, medical research facility that's responsible for <clears throat> hella sales yielded $10 billion this quarter. Not this year, this Not quarter. This year. This quarter, this quarter. That's insane. And so while I am very interested in what that settlement is, whether it's you know in the hundreds of millions and right. tens of millions, I I remember when Nicole Hannah Jones sued the University of North Carolina for not giving her tenure, mm-hmm. and the max that they could pay out was twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, and they gave her nineteen thousand dollars, nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Um, uh, the max that they could give, yeah. So that was twenty thousand dollars. So I'd be very interested to see how much that is when I think about the Bruce family, sweetheart. Right. They've given the, they got their beach back and then sold it for twenty million dollars. Yeah, twenty million dollars. Twenty million dollars. Again, these are not gigantic sums. So I'm looking at the Henrietta Lacks settlement and I'm questioning <clears throat> how much was it. And then the secondary question is, what are you going to do with that money? So I'm asking you, sweetheart, is that an inappropriate question? <laughs> uh, Henrietta, is that an inappropriate question? Can I question your uh, descendants about how much money they got and what are they going to do with it? You got to answer for Henrietta. Oh, okay. Um, I think you can question how much money they got. Uh, is it inappropriate to ask? what? I mean, not necessarily, but I do. Mm, does... The Lax family specifically, do they have a responsibility to do something with the money for the betterment of, I guess, all of black, all of people? black people? Yeah. Okay. So this is why we got to talk about relationships. Yeah. Because I am getting ready to recall a conversation that Dr. Umar had with them boys, them white boys who look black yeah. on their podcast uh, focused on misogyny. You want me to keep the picture up? Yeah, you can keep her up. Okay. Um. Um. We need collective solutions, not individual solutions. True, right. So you and I, on the last couple of weeks, we have also been discussing how if we are trying to make systemic change, it cannot simply just be in our house, in our communities, on our streams. This is why the new blueprint newsletter is so important. We have to get outside into the general allness of it all. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer your question, after looking at what the Bruce family did, yeah, 
is it in the lack is it in the <clears throat> lax responsibility to do something for blackness? Yes. Yeah. Is that fair? Absolutely not. Hell, <clears throat> hell no, that ain't fair. But I also want you to remember like fair is a characteristic of an established system. To call something fair would be to participate in that system. Mm-hmm. Capitalism ain't fair. Right. Our oppression ain't fair. Our marginalization ain't fair. Our delineation from liberation ain't fair. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you've been given, I don't know how much money you've been given on this settlement. Our expectations of you, therefore, aren't fair. True. Because I see what the Bruce family did. Mm-hmm. And... I'm disappointed. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure they are fine. They got $20 million. Right. Or whatever it is. Minus taxes and et cetera, et cetera. Like, they got the money that they need for their family to create generational wealth. But I don't have a black beach to go to in California. Right. Was it their responsibility? In an equitable, just world? Absolutely not. But we don't live in that world. And so, and so what happened? They sold grandma's house. Right. And so I'm looking at the Lax family and I'm wondering if they have a responsibility towards blackness. And really the question is, sweetheart, the real question is, Henrietta Lax was given reparations for something that happened to her in the past and now her descendants reap the the benefits. Mm -hmm. I do not want to watch the Lax family squander their reparations. Right. Even if even if my definition of squandering the reparations is off. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I feel like that will set the precedent for the rest of us when we get our, repar- our reparations. Now, I know I'm in my Afro-optimism right now. We might not get reparations. It's a very big possibility that you and I will die without reparations. Yeah. I think it's a dumb economic decision because, you know what I'm saying, you give niggas a trillion dollars, you know, we can, we can do some things. Right. <laughs> we can do some things. These hiccups will not die. Let me tell you something. Um, so yeah I, I, I think there is a responsibility from the Lax family to somehow create some relevant systems that can either prevent this from happening or develop some relevant, relevant systems that can get closer to a point of liberation and equity yeah no it's not fair I'm sorry I, I would apologize to y'all face if they called me in for a consultation I'd be like I'm sorry but the following thing I'm about to say is unfair. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to use this money for blackness. I'm sorry. Not all of it. Of course, niggas can go to Fiji. You know what I mean? <laughs> niggas can get their Bentley. You know what I'm saying? You can get your, your whatever whatever systems. I just asked you to think about it. Like, your ancestor died. They stole the thing. They stole the cells from her that killed her. And you're going to buy a Bentley. <laughs> Yeah. Her cells are immortal and <clears throat> literally changed the lives of millions of people. Maybe and even you're millions. You're going to get a house in a secluded neighborhood. <laughs> Does that sound black? That sound right to you? <laughs> you good with that, Spider-Man? <laughs> you good with that? I know. What you have to say, Spider-Man? You got any thoughts? I feel like you can do that, but you also need to, you know, do more. <laughs> Do more, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm a nigga that that beat you in context. 
whatever, bro. Like, yeah. if you got the money, if it makes sense, whatever, whatever, man. You want to be in your luxury bag? I get it. Because I saw the family. This, I saw the Lax family this morning, okay? They were dripped out? They're not dripped out. I just know that type of light skin. Oh, you know what oh I mean? okay. You, you feel me? Okay. And Henrietta herself ain't too dark. You know what I mean? Not yeah, saying that she... Right. I just... I know a Jack and Jill nigga when I, I was about to say one. they That's Jack and Jill. Saying. Yeah, I know a Jack and Jill nigga when I <laughs> yeah. see one, and this nigga was a Jack and Jill nigga. Let oh, me tell damn. you something. He had the Macy's uh, Ralph Lauren suit on. Okay, this is a Jack and Jill ass nigga. I, didn't... <sighs> I don't know if we gonna see that money then. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, saying I'm gonna they hope. gotta be out here like doing something extravagant, but like do something. Yeah. Pull up the ro- pull up the rose in the revolution again. You remember what that one looked like? Oh. Uh, Montgomery three. I want to say yeah. Before on great, we go on break. Let's brainstorm what this, <laughs> what role this family could play. What you think, Sarah? Go through the roles. Um, we got weavers. Yeah, they could put some shit together. Yeah, experimenters, frontline responders, visionaries, builders, caregivers, disruptors. Healers, storytellers, guides. There's something they could do all those things. There's so many things they could do. They could make another documentary, although we Oprah did a <gasps> documentary on Henrietta already. They could go into like the black medical field exactly. and start maybe research like, and funding funny some yeah. doctors and mm-hmm. doing some research around uh maybe they could solve sickle cell. Like maybe they could actually go towards that or, right. like, or, or type two diabetes or mm-hmm. uh hypertension and figure out ways that we could do that. Maybe they could experiment with like maybe they put out you see, my dumb ass is like, they could do anything. They could put out a food line. You know what mm-hmm. They could put out healthy snacks. <laughs> they could put out immortal snacks. You know what I'm saying? They could, <laughs> they could make an anime. You feel me? <laughs> Can you imagine Henrietta Lacks as Cell from Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Sweet <laughs> That'd be crazy. What? There's so many things this family could do. We, a couple of people after our conversation on Tuesday sent us some, uh, some of those PragerU animations in which they're erroneously telling bad facts about history. One was on uh, Christopher Columbus and one was on uh, him, uh, not Henrietta Douglas, on uh, Frederick Douglass, Henrietta Douglas. What? And <laughs> is with me this morning. Um, one was on Frederick Douglass. They could create counter-programming to that. Yeah. They could fund the, they could fund the black, uh, the, the, the new blueprint. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. I cannot say the words in falsetto <laughs> right now. But there's a lot of things that they could do. There are a lot of solutions I feel like they could inseminate. When I think about, um, oh, there's something we're going to talk about next week, which is the corporate attack, the attack on corporate affirmative action. There is a venture capitalist who put, puts out this fund for black women. It's currently being attacked by black, by white Republican uh, politicians saying that these are race-based incentives, and they must be eradicated. Must be eradicated yeah. because we're trying to give black women venture capital money. It's called the Fearless Fund. They could do something like that, mm-hmm. where essentially we're just giving a ch- chance to people to be experimenters, right? right? So mm-hmm. I saying all that to say, you, you can take that off now, sweetheart. Saying all that to say that, like, um, there is a responsibility from the Lax family to do something systemic towards blackness with this breakout. Settlement. Yeah. It just has to be. It has to be. Because mm-hmm. if not, like, you literally gonna buy Bentleys off of the sales that killed your grandmother. Like, what? Right. That don't even, that don't even feel right. That yeah. is literally selling grandma's house. Right. We got any comments, sweetheart? Uh, 
Let's see. <laughs> we got a comment from earlier. Uh, Good Vibe Tribe said, smokers be like, when I said, I wonder if smoking will help you pick us up. Man, these hiccups are whooping my <laughs> ass this morning, bro. Uh, Chris Allen said, oh, Lord. He's also trying to help find Pox Killer, apparently. Um, what? That's, that's, yeah, Ben Crow. Okay. Uh, Good Vibe Tribe said, Maryland governor candidate too, right? Actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Drew said, "Good morning." What's up, Drew? Good morning. Hey, man. good morning. Um, good vibe tribe says politics is expensive. Maybe he's funding his political career. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Do Natalie, does oh. does Ben if Ben Crump is doing these things? Does he need to share his money too? Yeah. All right. Although he is. He's the first line. He's the front line. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Natalie says it's lit. It is lit. Right. And Good Vibe says, yeah, black women risk in giving birth or in medicine in general. And then your Aunt Laverne said, drink eight sips of water for your hiccups. Eight sips of water? <laughs> I'm going to follow my aunt's advice. Let's see what happens. All right, Auntie, let's see what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. We should have took a quick break while I was doing it. I know. I was... didn't have to watch me yeah. sip water. All right, y'all. We'll be right back with more Wake and Bake with BMO. We're going to watch Tone Chain music video by my good man, Michael Robinson, featuring Tashira. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Um, my good people on Instagram, this is where I bid you adieu now, okay? Come on over to the come on over to the Facebook or come on over to the Twitter. Come on over to the... The people don't got to see this. Okay. So come on over to the YouTube. Let's do...
Welcome back. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Oh, way they make we it be. Oh, yeah. Okay, Auntie, I think your egg sips might have worked because I'm, I'm out here. Oh, nice. You feel me? I'm it. out here. Let me shake around a little bit. Let me shake around. Let's watch them come back. <laughs> we got um. I think, I think we out here. Okay. We got, got, some, comments. We got some comments. What we got? Uh, Shai Smith said, I'm late. Good morning. Female lady of the house. Good morning. Good morning. And then Gavab Trap said, My niggas, my niggas. Oh. <laughs> my niggas, my niggas. Go ahead. <laughs> Gavab Tribe said, I just want to affirm that I love it here. What a beautiful black space. I do not take the show for granted, and I want to give you your flowers. Oh, <laughs> We appreciate that. <laughs> that really means I a will, lot. Um, I'll, I'll say this to you, Detroit River. We, uh, uh, if you were listening to our revolutionary math episode in which I talked about the very obvious wage gap that's happening in the WNBA, right? Uh, as I was putting that up, when I, when I put things up, I go look for tags and other videos that are similar to mine so I can be successful on YouTube. And the saddest thing that I saw or didn't see was when I was looking for people who were trying to make this argument about the WNBA wage gap, I couldn't find one video that was arguing on behalf of the WNBA. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure there's some other people out here like myself, got 100, 200 subscribers, view counts in the hundreds or whatever, whatever that may be or whatever indicator of success that you might consider that to be. But um, when I hear you say you don't take this space for granted, I, that is highly appreciated because, you know, I, I talk very honestly about the insecurities I have sometimes from our insights. Mm -hmm. We are not like the other people. And the institutions that create social media, they create it based on this idea of uh, uh, can it be duplicated? Mm -hmm. So basically, people are just trying to duplicate other successful pieces of content on the social media platform. And it's very obvious that our type of content is rare on this platform. So I appreciate you finding us and watching us, telling your friends and et cetera. I got the serious tone on right now, but this is. Highly appreciate it. So I appreciate y'all for those compliments. This is a beautiful black mm -hmm. space and we will always cater to black people first. I'm not interested in seeking a wider demographic so that we could be uh, more successful. I'll tell you this. The paper that sponsors us, the Washington Informer, I was sitting with the chief, uh, the editor-in-chief black woman. Uh, this is like a couple of years ago. And we were, it's like, we were in her office when she got the results from a, uh, a demographic audit and mm -hmm. they write the Washington Informer. If you've ever read the Informer, the Washington Informer is a black paper. Yeah. They talk about blackness is from blackness to blackness by blackness for blackness, which is why I'm so great to have them as a sponsor for the show. Uh, but when she got the live demographics, we're all reading the screen and their content is a hundred percent for black people. 87% mm -hmm. of their readership is white. Wow. They didn't have to go seek out a demographic by abandoning their own. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to go find a wider audience by abandoning their own. I feel like that's a mistake. Spill is made. That's a mistake. Mm -hmm. that the gathering spot is made, but that is not the mistake that we will make here. Right. That being said, it's time for the Paul Ropes and Negro. Oh, it's time to light this blunt. We ready for our, uh, our, uh, our blunt affirmations, sweetheart? <laughs> our blunt manifestations? You said I don't need the I don't need the fire though. I don't I could just I mean <laughs> <laughs> I guess the fire does does help. It helps? 
Okay, we are manifesting a nationally syndicated radio show, more opportunities in the TV space, more opportunities. Hopefully I can get this late night show popping. That would be great, right? I was I got stuck on a Dick Cavett show the other day. You heard me. That shit was crazy good. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're going to manifest those things and we're going to manifest a great end of the show. You got any manifestation why I like the bus we got? Uh, not at the moment. <laughs> That's all right. I like how we are developing organic segments. We have the new sweet hot black pack, and we have blunt blunt manifestations. Will you say your manifestations bluntly over a blunt? You get it. You get the double entendre. We mm-hmm. we went to college. Uh, okay. Second half of the show. So we have another Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominee that I definitely want to go through. Do we? Yes. Is that the end of the show? Okay. Man, how long we been on? Uh, forty five minutes. Okay, bet. Perfect. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Okay, we do have one more Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominee that we want to express upon. Uh, and sweetheart, this one it directly affects us. Yeah. From the age of my auntie is still on, she know. From the age of twelve to twenty-two, I had a main activity in my life. I had a I had a, a burning desire in my heart that I needed to express. I had a application of a skill that I think was given to me by the divine. From twelve to twenty two, sweetheart. Now we'll get it back again. From twelve to twenty two, I was a saxophone player, mm-hmm. and I played at what I consider to be the highest form of musical entertainment in the black canon. That's right. <laughs> I said it. More entertaining than hip-hop, which turns 50 tomorrow. We're going to do an episode about that next week. More entertaining than R&B and they silly ass, especially these uh, genuine on 106 Apart. <laughs> That's the carrying on I like to see. More entertaining than a great book. Yeah, I said it. They crank on Toni Morrison, literally. Oh, well. <laughs> what I consider to be the highest form of musical or entertainment within the black space has gone up another level. Sweetheart, I'm talking about HBCU marching bands. Mm -hmm. Before we even get started, and maybe he should have been a Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, I got to give a shout out to the two-time Grammy-winning director of marching bands, Larry, at (laughs) Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. The aristocrats of band, I got to give a shout out to them for advancing the genre to another level. Not that we need white appeasement, but the thing that's most impressive to me about Tennessee State winning a Grammy under the direction of Larry, their director, is that they went in the studio, they mixed, they mastered, mm-hmm. they produced original music from their marching band in support of Sir DeBaptist, in support of uh, J. Ivy, the poet, spoken word poet. They have advanced the genre to another level, right? And you and I, should we, I'm telling people, I don't know if the people know how the lay in the house and I met <laughs> on some hazing shit. <laughs> <laughs> the lady in the house and I, I played saxophone in Howard's marching band for all four years. I pledged the, the band fraternity, which was, you know, not the greatest decision, but it's a representation of the passion that I had for the art form. Yeah. Uh, 
And the organization that I, I joined is a historically white institution formed in 1919 in Oklahoma by people who admitted themselves to be racist. And so I was, I don't even know why I was surprised when I went to my first convention and realized this is not a celebration of black bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These niggas wearing pajamas and talking about SpongeBob. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> Uh, so we want to, I appreciate Larry and them for bringing the band culture to another level. I just told you that to show you my dedication to band culture. And if you were with me on campus during Howard, you know, I was Mr. Band. You know what I mean? I was Mr. Showtime. Literally mm. won the pageant to be Mr. Showtime. Yeah. I got my sash around here somewhere. He goes, um, but something amazing has happened though, sweetheart. There are... The HBCU band operates like an army. Am I wrong? No. We go to battle. We train. Like we are, we feel like an actual, like militia. We operate as one. We operate as mm -hmm. one. We, you know what I'm saying? We fight. We got battles of the bands. Mm -hmm. Like the other band across the field is the enemy. Mm -hmm. And I'm shooting with my saxophone. Okay. Right. <laughs> and I'm shooting. Hard. We practice hard, boy. Band culture is tough. Mm -hmm. um, but there is no HBCU band competition. Yeah. There is no rank. There is no one who is judging these performances based on a set rubric, uh, which means there is no centralized organization around the entirety of the HBCU band system. Now, we got Battle of the Bands, right? We got Honda. We got different Battle of the Bands based on the conference that you're in, but there has never been a true competition. Mm -hmm. Sweetheart, something has changed. Yeah. Uh, the undefeated picked up HBCU bands more most seriously in like 2016. The undefeated is kind of like the black branch of ESPN. Mm -hmm. Started traveling around, started sending out reporters, started talking to students, started making little documentaries about HBCU bands. S wait, uh, yeah. Seven years later, ESPN has done something uh, something phenomenal. And I don't like to give too much praise to these institutions, but I believe that this is coming from the undefeated, which again is the black branch of ESPN. Uh, you go ahead and put it up, sweetheart. It's a video, right? No, it's going to have the, uh, it's going to be some music in the background, okay. but hopefully I'm, I'm louder than that. It's okay. going to be coming to America. Let's you see. ready? Let's see. Let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are we on? Yeah. All right. So ESPN has officially launched the HBCU Band Championship. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read some news for you. All right. The Band Championship is important with ESPNs. It's a huge way to bring more awareness to HBCU culture. The process will take place over the fall marching seasons with the bands receiving weekly evaluations based on their halftime performances and the rankings will be released twice a month on ESPN.com. Division one and two band directors will be on board and each will judge both divisions. According to, uh, I'm sorry, judges will be observing precision, musicality, originality, drum line, drum majors, and dance lines. That's mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. Right? Um, the top two bands from each division will compete against each other live for the title of Band of the Year at the Cricket Celebration Bowl on December 12, 2023 in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. There will be a competition and ranking of HBCU bands from HBCU band members and 
the dude Grant that I was just talking about is the same dude who was the consultant for Beyonce's Homecoming, and he was the dude who came up with the marching styles for Drumline. Oh wow! So like the battle at Drumline, yeah. the competition that mm-hmm. he dreamed, his Afro future. It's real now. Wow. That's amazing. I just put that together. <laughs> this man put two, fa- he put a fake HBCU, Atlanta A&T versus Morris Brown, which has made a glorious return. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in season three. Morris Brown has come back again. Yeah. Uh, and they battled each other in Atlanta at the, Mer- at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, what it would be now, mm-hmm. on the competition. And now this nigga has made it come true to life. Yeah. The exciting thing about this to me is this sentence right here. The process would take place over the fall marching seasons with bands receiving weekly evaluations based on their halftime performances and rankings will be released twice a month. You know what that means? They have a committee of people. Oh, and the second half of that is they're going to put the performances on ESPN.com. Oh, well. Which means they will be published by Disney. Well. You know what this means. That means that ESPN and Disney are sending out crews to record the experience of HBCU band members. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know. <laughs> fuck what Dion said. You and I both know that fall football season at the HBCU, the football is tertiary. It's not even secondary. It's the third thing that's important. Right. Number one, band. Number two, how I look. Number three, football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> football. Oh, you got to throw homecoming in there. But oh. homecoming is not even about the game. <laughs> homecoming is not even about the game. Most people at homecoming don't even go to the game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they got shit to do with football. I had a dream a long time ago. You remember, the, you know, that black boy he was singing, uh, who was playing uh, black and blues on his trombone yeah. in high school. Mm-hmm. I had a dream a long time ago, and actually this is how I got involved with the musicianship, because I was just tweeting this, uh, and Jeff had saw it. Oh, wow. I think that HBCU bands should recruit uh, musicians, like football uh, programs recruit <laughs> football players. That boy should have been a five-star trombone recruit. Mm-hmm. There should be no reason why Jackson State, Grambling, Southern... Fam, uh, Norfolk, even Howard were all vying for positions mm-hmm. to get in this school. I'll even go deeper. There should have been schools like Lincoln and Fisk, right? Division two schools that should have been vying for his attention. Because you know what the biggest barrier to Howard's band was? Students. Yeah. Niggas can't get into Howard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, that's such a great idea because most, if not, well, I don't know about all, but most band programs give scholarships anyway. So they it's do. like, yeah. So now if we have a ranking system, if we have crews that are being sent out, can we get HBCU marching band members to be considered as student athletes so they can get these NIL deals? Mm-hmm. Can that Uh-oh. same young man who was cranking that trombone, I mean, that black and blues joint, that solo on black and blues is crazy. Right. As a five-star recruit, recruited to the best HBCU band that he could actually get, could he also get a 
full ride, not the little $8,000 that we get, mm -hmm. not the little $10,000 that's supposed to take off a little bit of your check. Can he get a full ride? And can he also be sponsored by the local music facility who's giving him a million dollars a year for his services? Mm -hmm. Huh? Huh? <laughs> the thing that always broke my heart about HBCU bands, and we said this all the time, there is no pro band. Right. Exactly. But you tell them you start putting a million dollars in people in 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 twenty two year olds' pockets, <laughs> we could be establishing a future of gen a future generation of more experienced musicians. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm gonna write about this in the new in the new blueprint. But like I truly think that HBCU bands should be considered orchestras. They should be considered. Mm -hmm. Big bands. They they yeah. should be considered in that same category. Not to use the Grammys as a standard, but in the same category as genre. We should. You should be able to pull up Southern's uh, flashing lights on iTunes. Right. I should not have to be listening to these old recordings on YouTube from a nigga who was standing twenty minutes away. No shade to marching sport, because mm -hmm. damn it, boy, you did a job. You did a damn good job. But there is a level between. I'm recording this with a mic off field and I'm getting the Grammy because I went in the studio with Sir the Baptist. Right. Two different levels. Mm -hmm. Not saying that one is better than the other, but I'm saying that the establishment of the genre is intrinsic in this. Mm -hmm. In this very competition, they told us at the Boys and Girls Club in order to reward, in order to see impact in students, you have to reward them. It's right. not the only thing you have to do. You, they got to have fun. They got to be in a safe space. You got to provide uh, nutritional information. Mm-hmm. But you also have to recognize them. Right. Rankings, recordings, competitions, D1 and D2. The D2 schools is the advanced thought. Because everybody's going to fucking high. Everybody wants to go to fucking Jackson State to go to their band. Mm -hmm. But who want to go fuck with Truck and Fist? And Fist got a damn good band. Right. Oh, my God. Like, they are damn. <laughs> it's only 40 people in the band, but that's all. That's, that's, you get 40 people in this room to get them to play the trumpet at the same time. Boy, it don't... It's, Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm excited for it. So I am officially nominating the Paul for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. I am nominating the HBCU rankings and championship. All right. You got any comments, Leo? <laughs> That's a tough one this week. Right. I I'm already <laughs> thinking about who the uh Paul Robeson Negro of the Week will be. Based off of, you know. So we got. Your, oh, you want to do that now, or you want to? We got. We got some comments. We get to some comments. Uh, you can take down the HBCU band thing. Could okay. the people hear me over coming to America? Did it look like it? Did it look? Yeah. Okay, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. You might do that more often. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, we got. Good morning from Marissa. Hey. Hey, Marissa. What's up? What's good up? morning to you. Good vibe tribe put the fire emoji and then he said he manifested it. I gotta get my man's name. Hold on, I got the article right here. His name. Keep going off without. Um he also said don't even consider going to the game. No. No. <laughs> oh, at uh, at homecoming? Yeah, not Please at all. Don't even go to the game. Right. <laughs> Natalie said, Don't they do that? Do what? Um don't they give scholarships? band members yeah now i don't know how the scholarships work at other schools because i know that like jackson state's tuition is lower and their uh the impression that the band has on campus is higher mm -hmm. and i would even say like 
Howard's band on campus still gets respect. Right. But like, we talking about the, the jukebox of the South. We talking right, about, you right. Know, we talking about the sonic boom. Like, they got, like... All due respect to Showtime, though. But... All due respect. Right. All due respect. But you and I were in here listening to the Neck by Showtime, <laughs> and then we put on a Southern song, and, like, <laughs> Showtime was in the in the studio, and Neck still... And, and, and Southern still cranked on. Right. I tell you that time I was living in Mississippi, and Southern was playing at Mississippi Valley State, which is at Itabina. I lived in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Itabina is 15 miles up the road. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing in between the cities. You could hear Southern in Greenwood. You could hear them 15 miles away, whether that's hyperbole or not. That's how loud they are. <laughs> <laughs> What's my man's name? You got any more comments? Um, Good Vibe Tribe said admissions, financial aid. Trying to get this man's name. Trying to get this man's name. Uh, that's all right. I'll put it in. The, I'll put it in the news. Oh, um, Don Roberts. Don, Don Roberts. Roberts, a former drum major at FAM, longtime band director at Southwest Cab. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, he was the band consultant on Drumline uh, for both movies and a consultant for HBCU-themed uh, Beyonce's uh, uh, what's he called? Homecoming. Beach Ellie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my man's, he is leading the charge. This is why this sounds so informed. And I know it's coming through ESPN, right? But I just, I give it grace because this is the this is the black neighborhood of ESPN. Right. At least for now. This is where Jamel Hill was. This is where Michael Smith was. This is where all the black writers actually contribute to black culture. And I know there's a conversation we've been having about, you know, when you put things into this black category, what does it do about marginalizing that category? But then you have situations like this where you have the marginalized group within a major institution creating something for the major institution. Mm-hmm. When people see these HBCU bands, yeah, some people are going to say, oh, that's black, that's not for me. Some people are going to be like, Sonic Boom of the South. Right. What? The aristocrat of bands. <laughs> the Marching 100. This might be a true renaissance for HBCU bands again. Exactly. And if Howard's band is any representation of, uh, of, of how band attendance is, we need another renaissance. Mm-hmm. We need another drum line. We need another uh, homecoming. You know what I mean? We need more of these assets because once again, I said it, I think the most entertaining form of black entertainment is the HBCU band. Right. Ain't nobody working harder than them. I tell okay. you that. Look. It ain't Ice Spice. I tell you that. Ice Spice ain't got shit on the Marching 100. Let me tell you something. What? Hey, what? I don't give a fuck how much ass she shake. A hundred people shake ass. <laughs> Get to working. Shit. All right. You know what time it is though. See that. We have our three nominees. The first nominee are the people of Montgomery. The second nominee is Ben Crump. The third nominee is, uh, I'm going to say, Don Roberts and his HBCU Marching Band Championship. Before you vote, I need to know. Just give me your thoughts on all three. And while you give me your thoughts, people in the comments, I need your vote as well. Of course, y'all know the lady of the house get 98% of the vote. (laughs) We already know that. But I need to hear from y'all. Okay, so 
Montgomery. Montgomery. What are your thoughts on the Montgomery? It's been a couple of days now. It we've has. seen some. We've seen some. I don't know if you saw the uh, the police chief Mm-mm. was like basically like, bro, we let them people go. Mm-hmm. Like we let everybody go. Like the the white folks, we charged them with misdemeanors because they were wilding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the dude who hit the dude who hit that lady with the chair. You need to come to the police station. We need to talk to you. Oh, they arrested. <laughs> we need to talk to you. Huh? I thought they. I thought they um, detained him. Did they get him? Yeah, in the video, I thought they put him in cuffs. Oh well, I don't know. I think they released everybody from custody directly after the situation. Got you. They charged some folks. Got you. I don't know if they got the dude who hit the lady with the chair though. Did they? Yeah, it looked like in the video they did. Yeah. In the in the in the press conference, they said he need to come back to the police station. Oh. <laughs> need to have another conversation with you. Like, okay. Okay. But we all prepared. Like we all knew when he hit the lady with that chair. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Well, he going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> but I get, we'll get you out, brother. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I sometimes that spirit, you know what I'm saying, that Nat Turner will come up in you and mm-hmm. you wanna you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, I love it because it's like we were we were united. Mm-hmm. I felt the spirit of the ancestors. Like it, it was it was just a good old fashioned fight, you know? Like, you know, things didn't get too crazy, but it's still like you're not gonna disrespect us. That's true. So I appreciated that. Yep. Um Negro number week. two, number two, Ben Crump. Ben Crump, the Black Attorney General. Of course, I appreciate and love everything he's doing for all of these, mostly civil rights cases, but mm-hmm. really just on behalf of blackness. That's true. Uh, the only thing that gives me pause is Uh-oh. I don't know, you know, what his intentions are. True. Where, you know, like you said, what is he doing with his money? I mean, yeah, he is a lawyer, an attorney, but what's up? He started talking shit about Ron DeSantis recently. Okay. And you know, he has a law office in Tallahassee. Mm. Um, hmm. We, well, we need a fighter. We need a fighter in Florida so right. bad. We need a fighter. Right, because it's, fighter. it's going down. Because <laughs> this man is getting worse day by day. And if and I know and I know on the original on season four's original Paul Rose and Negro the Week's point, I know there are people who are in the community who are doing their best to fight. I know there are Lavars yeah. in Florida. It's just I just refuse to believe that every black person in Florida is like, okay, it was cool. No, 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 no. I no. know it's I know it's at least twenty niggas. No. Wait, more than that. No. no. Uh to the point of the of the Moors, some niggas can't be held captive. Okay, <laughs> it just can't happen. So, uh, uh, I guess you know what, sweetheart, I hear you, and you, and we'll pause Ben Crump's nomination uh, because I feel like these are just warm up fights. Mm. I feel like we need you to do the big thing. We need you to fight Supreme Court. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need you to fight the governor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not canceled. Pause, because I feel like right. there's a greater, there's a greater or terrible trajectory that <laughs> that could go in. So I think we'll pause. So we yeah, got... there've been a couple of Paul Robeson Negro the week. Oh, it went bad. Yeah, it went bad. Deion Sanders, it went bad. <laughs> Wallow, it went bad. <laughs> Wallow out here agreeing with Candace Owens now. What? <laughs> uh. 
But you know what? In the sense, in the in the in the spirit of Paul Robeson, though, mm-hmm. uh, in his time he was considered wrong too. <laughs> now he ended up being right, but <laughs> at the time he was wrong too. Oh, okay. Um, Good vibe tribe said, "I think I was getting Ben Crump confused with Ben Jealous. Jealous ran for governor. Crump is apparently with 180 million. Just food for thought." What do you mean with 180 million? Oh, you don't know? Yeah, I don't okay, know. Okay, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Smith says, we're suffering down here. Natalie said, dream defenders. And your Aunt Laverne said, my vote is Montgomery. And then the last nominee is oh. Don Roberts. Crump in is the HBCU. He said, Crump is worth $180 million. Damn. Yeah, I think... I think Ben Crump should do what that one white man is doing against affirmative action. You know how he funded that Asian boy who went to the Supreme Court and something and uh, Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. I think we need that's the same man. Yeah, it's the same man. Wow, it's the same man. I think venture capitalists or some shit like that. Like he's putting money behind this situation, and so mm-hmm. he got the money. And mm-hmm. so niggas might not have the money, but if you got the skill, I think he just he goes you know need a revolutionary art. Uh, like militia around him though, because I'm quite scared. Mm-hmm. I'm quite scared, but maybe I'm bitch made, so who knows? <laughs> and then I need your thoughts on the last one, sweetheart. Of course, uh, <laughs> I love the fact that there's it's called HBCU band competition. Yeah, it's yeah. the HBCU band championship. Oh, championship! Yeah, I love and that. They're all being watched and right. ranked. Yeah, I love that because... Boy, I love that for the good bands. Exactly. Like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. If you end up being number 40. <laughs> you just got to work harder then. True. Yeah, people don't realize how much time, effort, energy, skill goes into... Yeah. Right. the Martian band. Right. They literally beat it into you. Mm-hmm. And there's... I've, I've seen so many great musicians who you know, either were students or weren't students who weren't able to continue yeah. in the band because of financial aid. and Yeah. Yeah. So I think that... And continue their musicianship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, how many how many drumliners are still drumliners? Right. Bleak. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one. I've seen... Um, uh, do you know Dion? You do Dion? Light-skin Dion? Yeah. Super light-skin Dion? Yeah. Uh, he was at the uh, Diane's recital. Mm-hmm. He's still doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't know niggas still out here playing Quint. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know Sean down here still flipping symbols. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. All right. So I need your official. The people are voting. Oh, but I was I was saying that um, I'm I'm a little concerned with it being affiliated with ESPN and Disney, but that's I feel like that's further down the line. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Right. But we'll see how that turns out. This does give people in bands and HBCUs as a whole greater visibility so mm-hmm. they can further their careers after school. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um Okay. What are the people saying? I'm seeing the things pop up, but you know my good eye that went out. Good Vibe Tribe said, I'm voting for the Birmingham Sweet Tea Party or whatever they said. It's too iconic of a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Shai Smith said, I'm going to go with Cinco de Negro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to Birmingham. Give it Birmingham? Yeah. You're right though. You're right though. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. And again, it's not the although there were some wonderful fighting moments. When we asked the question of who are we to each other? Mm-hmm. Uh and we cross-referenced that with this thesis that we've been making on season four, which is we want to enter into a more world of practical racelessness, not erasing the race but deridding the race of this pejorative of this incessant need to prove our humanity or to, to prove that we need to be liberated or freed uh we have been lumped into this grand category of black but we are not all walking the same experience we do not all have the same life we do not all look alike mm-hmm. but there is a common understanding amongst us that i got you even if I don't know you, I got you. So when we answer the question of who are we to each other, we are on the banks of Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on over there, but this can't happen. Yeah. You cannot be by yourself, not in front of me, <laughs> not while I'm here. Not why I have the capacity in my lungs to swim across the bank. Mm-hmm. Not when I have the eyes to see my brother jump. Not when I have the the technology to record this incident so that there will be safety afterwards. There's so much to learn from Montgomery. Uh, and one thing I really want us to take away is that this is not the establishment of something new. This is a representation of what's been happening through time. Mm -hmm. If you had the mindset that your ancestors and the people who came before you passively watched trauma, passively watched oppression, you are wrong. I need you to rewatch from the banks of Montgomery. Because from that same bank, this is something I just recently learned, there are some niggas who can't be captured. Some niggas got off the boat and ran immediately into parts unknown from that same riverbank. Mm-hmm. When, when we answer the question of who are we to each other, we answer from the banks of Montgomery. There is a common understanding. And yeah, we're still trying to figure out this thing. What happens after we are liberated, right? As my mother said when she got rid of legacy admissions, uh, in affirmative action at her elite institution, she said that's the distraction. The real work or the nine steps we got to do after that. But I want you to know, even though we frustrated, we are still nine steps above <laughs> the people who haven't even thought about it. <laughs> so, with that being said, Montgomery, you are the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. You know what? Movement Remember the last week with the <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goodbye, Charge said I think it was Ben Crump's FBI plug who was salty he didn't get the award. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, what did I say after movement of the week? Oh, you uh did y'all did y'all hear the poem? Did y'all hear the burning question of the the burning question for the roach? Y'all hear the burning question? Yeah, because 
Good Vibe Tribe said that was an emotional one right before that. Right. Okay. So I'm glad we got that. We can we can repeat the burning questions on the ropes. The, the, the idea is the same. Okay. I just want to make sure we got it recorded. No, he said, again. Okay. okay. You know what time it is in Sweet Arms. <laughs> it's time for the burning question. Roach. Brought to you by Sweet Art. Okay. Uh, we, I ran out of roach, so I'm just going to pack my little bowl real quick. Uh, well, yeah, what you got? On the topic of Ben Crump, mm-hmm. what should he be doing with his money? Okay. I think Ben Crump should be doing the same thing that white man did, right? Mm-hmm. I think he should act as a venture capitalist for specific uh, black issues, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, and we talked about this with the with the lady at the bonnet yeah. uh, and the dentist, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like, you need to humble yourself. You're doing one job. Right. Lady, I'm not trying to get no plaque in my hair. So, yes, I'm wearing a bonnet to the dentist's office. Why? Because you're the maintenance man, right? Mm-hmm. But America has convinced us that certain positions that yield certain financial outcomes or certain positions that hold a higher ranking in the social caste position, like, oh, he should bring home a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, that these things are more important. I'm not saying we should, like, devalue them, but we should understand that is one job. Right. So if Ben Crump, if you are worth $180 million and you are already invested into strategic systems that will help liberate black people, can you filter some of that money into the social system? Mm-hmm. Where's the king, Natalie? Where's the king? <laughs> right? We got the governance. Where's the social? Yeah. And then we can answer the other questions of the Africana studies. Where's the social? Where's the memory making? Where's the science and technology? Then how do it free us? Mm-hmm. And I know it ain't fair. I know it ain't fair. I just got this money, BMO. God damn it. I always wanted to be worth $180 million. Now, if I give you a dollar, I'll be worth just a little bit less. I know it ain't fair. But the system that you are judging fairness on is rigged to fuck us. (laughs) You want to be fairly fucked? (laughs) What? Well, yes, but I don't mean in a good way. So yeah, I think that's what I think Ben Crump should be filtering his money through some social systems that create strategy. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I would like to remind everybody: please go subscribe to the New Blueprint newsletter. Okay, we are trying to devise the strategies in a real world, real life system to make sure we can actually make this thing a thing. We have to exist beyond just the Lax family. We have to exist just beyond the X family. We have to exist just beyond. The north side. We got to exist outside of just Dallas. We need to affect change amongst this whole umbrella, right? Until the pejorative that affects the umbrella crumbles. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ben Crump should be doing. He should be doing the counter of white man, what white man is doing. Not just to say because it's the counter of the white man, but man, we get not ass whooped in Florida. Mm. I know people fighting, but man, whoo! Mm. We whoo! Every day, it's, and I don't even live in Florida. Every day, that shit's stressing me out. We just need somebody to go down there and pick a fight. So we need those type of solutions, and we also need to recognize that Ben Crump, although a great lawyer, although almost a Paul Ropes and Negro of the Week, one job in a sea of 11. Mm-hmm. We need the other 10. We need some caregivers, right? Yeah. We need some first line responders, although he's a first line responder. We need some experimenters, some weavers. Some weavers, mm-hmm. right? We need some builders. 
and we need them in a very practical way. So that's what that would be my uh, 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 response to Benny Boy. <laughs> now, if he do that, if he get to if he get to working on that plan, oh, I see, I see, I see a, a Paul Rosen Negro of the Week in your future, Ben Grubb. <laughs> 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 I'm saying if you needed an incentive, you could at least be the Paul Rosen Negro of the Week, right? And in consideration for the Paul Rosen Negro of the Year, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, we got any, we got any comments uh, uh, since our, our audio uh, issue? Yeah, folks, don't text me. We can't hear you on YouTube, man. That's love, baby. Right. I appreciate that, man. That's that's love. Oh, I'm gonna see you in a minute, man. It's gonna be we gonna have a time. I gotta I gotta get some things done real quick, but I'm not finna start working while we on the show. All right, we gonna leave y'all. We don't have no comments. Uh, the lady of the house has spoken. The Paul Rose and Negro of the Week will be. From the banks of Birmingham, Birmingham. From the banks of <laughs> Montgomery. Why is Birmingham on my mouth? Maybe because banks of Birmingham sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from the banks of Montgomery, we appreciate them. Uh, and just, it just lastly about Montgomery. Um, I need y'all to stop thinking that the people from the south are soft. Yeah. There's been a little tinge in the foundation <laughs> that right. people from the south are a little like. Uh, Submissive. Yeah. They are not. <laughs> they are not. They are kind in their language, but fuck around. And find out. <laughs> These people are like literally strong. Like they made different in the South. Yeah. You little let me tell you, these these folks up here little, okay? <laughs> little ass people. <laughs> Please, man. That's just the that's just at the very bottom. That's just at the physical level. Right. Little ass people. Y'all better leave these folks from the and south alone. And y'all soft? Oh my God. But you know what? Wasn't Montgomery where the bus boycotts were? Yeah. Exactly. We got patience. Right. Uh, y'all wanna take they, the bus they to work? Fuck we'll walk. Uh, uh-huh. What you mean? We'll walk. Huh? <laughs> we'll walk. Did you not hear the fuck? What? Uh, what? And we're gonna walk in packs. I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. I don't care. <laughs> not gonna get my little six cents a day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It ain't. It might not be much as an individual, but I'm walk. We'll walk. It's the principle. It's the principle. Told that lady she couldn't ride in the front of the bus. You know how stupid that sound. Do you know how stupid you sound? The bu- a bus line. What? That's really wild. But you know, according to evidence, we should just get a bus line. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to leave y'all with Detroit Rivers, Blackmore Joy. We'll see y'all next week. As always, you can listen to the immediate replay right here on YouTube if you missed everything, anything. Uh, Also on Twitter and Facebook, we appreciate y'all watching. Auntie, we appreciate you watching. Uh, Make sure you listen to the uh, the podcast, which comes out on wherever you listen to your podcast. We got some great things happening on the New Blueprint newsletter. I'm trying to up my consistency on that so we can... Uh, get more people involved. Hey, and go check out the the last post that I did on the the new Blueprint Parlor. I know things live very shortly on social media, but when I tell you this thing is real, yeah. when I tell you this thing is real, yeah. and uh, the opportunities are coming, and our ability to affect change in a very creative way is like on our footsteps at our doorsteps. I'm not playing. I know we smoking weed and laughing and talking and yelling and screaming, and I'm entertaining, but you know. Yeah. Don't fuck around now. <laughs>
around. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all on Tuesday. Detroit, take us on out, man. Good morning. Wow.